Good day, and welcome to The Pandemic Show. Thanks for joining us as we unite humanity through stories of hope, connection, and community in the face of the global pandemic. We are all in this together, and we're glad you're here together with us. Thanks for taking a moment to like, subscribe, and follow The Pandemic Show on social media. Dave transcends time and space to talk with Gareth Williams in Perth, Australia. Gareth explains the important March for Justice movement that is addressing gender-based violence. Gareth shares that the pandemic hit Australia like a slow tidal wave. Australia took a different approach than other jurisdictions in fighting the pandemic, and their hard work paid off. Gareth is able to gather and see indoor shows. Hey, and welcome to the pandemic show. Today we transcend time and space to go to Perth, Australia. G'day, Gareth. How are you today? G'day, Dave. I'm I'm doing great today, or tonight, as it is all the way over here in Perth. We're talking on March 18th at 7 a.m. in Ontario and at 7 p.m. in Perth. In Ontario, we have daylight savings time, so we just moved our clocks ahead, losing an hour of sleep. Also, yesterday was St. Patrick's Day. If there wasn't a pandemic on, I don't think I would be able to be having this interview right now. I'm still up. Yeah, I had to stay up for this one. We're hearing lots about Australia and New Zealand in terms of the pandemic benefiting from being island states. Could you tell us what your life was like in before times? I'm really fortunate to live in in a really safe, stable part of the world. So you know, before times, life was life was pretty good. I couldn't, I can't complain. There's literally no complaints. So yeah. Can you tell us how things changed when the pandemic struck? I know it happened here a year ago. This is pretty much the year anniversary. Yeah. And we went into lockdowns, and and ever since that started, we've been told not to gather outside of our bubble how did how did things change there it, initially it was uh, initially it was a big change it was quite interesting we it was kind of the world's slowest tidal wave we were watching this thing you know as everyone did we heard of this this flu type virus coming out of wuhan and you sort of oh, oh okay and then and I, re- I remember we were sitting there watching the news and then the next country and the next country and it felt to us like our politicians weren't actually doing anything. And I remember we we kind of went into we went into self lockdown probably three weeks before they made the call. And that came off the back as I was supposed to fly to Melbourne, which is on the other side of the country, aside the difference between LA and New York. I was flying there to cover a music festival, the Download Festival. And there was bands coming from all, all over the all over the globe. And one of them got cancelled and was a band called Lacuna Coil from Italy. At the time, Italy had that really, they had the big initial outbreak. So they got they got cancelled and then the next one got cancelled. And and I sort of thought, this this thing's not going ahead. And I cancelled my flights. The the airline still has my money. But, <laughs> common uh, story. Very common yeah. in the pandemic. The airline has your money. I'm not going to name them because I'm not going to give them any any airtime. But so it was really it was kind of weird, and we just saw it slowly coming and coming. And then we have a federal government 
and then the country's divided by states. And it seemed like the state leaders that we call premiers, they made the calls before the federal government did. They started closing the borders. And then, you know, they federally, initially, they closed the borders from anyone coming in from China and left them open to everywhere else. And, and it was just, it was kind of, I remember saying to someone, I said, this is like a death of a thousand cuts. They're just doing a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And then it, I think it, it must have been April and it was like, okay, now it's real. Borders were closed. Hotels were closed. Pubs, clubs, cafes. Everyone was working from home. And, and it, it sort of, it, it was this really slow thing that came in and all of a sudden it just felt like a snap. We, we went from all the freedom you could wish for to now you, you stay home. It was, it, was, it was a shock. And I think it was a shock to everyone. Uh, all around the world that went into that went into lockdown because so, we we started seeing because we saw lockdowns happening in the in Europe and you're sort of thinking oh those poor people we're not a, we're not a big city we don't have a huge amount of people living in a city that you know there's a few but not a lot so even if we're even though we were locked down we still we still kind of had the freedom and the space so it was a it was jarring from no one had in living memory had had ever thought you know what what is what is going we knew why but it was like what is going on it's yeah. from from the conversations with people around the world it seems that there is a divide between how this is affecting people in urban centers versus rural centers i think mm-hmm. it's got had much more of an impact in the urban centers in high density living where people yeah. are dependent on mass transit apartment style living the rural communities it's still impacting don't get me wrong but Mm. there's less density there there's a lot more outdoor space for people to interact safely and so there does seem to be that rural urban divide around this pandemic yeah i speak to people in rural areas and small towns with maybe two or three thousand people in it and they had had not one case of you know coronavirus and you know and they because the whole state went into lockdown, they sort of, they kind of closed down. But by the same token, they were still, they could still drive, you know, they might have to drive two or three miles to the shop and they could, you had to do that because you've, you've got to get your supplies and that sort of thing. So they had a, a different experience to, I think, a lot of people in, yeah, in urban areas where they're in an apartment, they, if they're lucky, they've got a balcony that, yeah. If you're lucky, you've got, you know, I, I live in a, a townhouse. We call them a townhouse. I've got a little yard, a beautiful park close to me. And we had the freedom. We could, even though I couldn't go, I had to work from home and I, I couldn't go and socialize with my friends. I could get out and, and do some exercise and walk around the park and that sort of thing. So, you know, I think our, our lockdown was very mild compared to so many other places around the world. And it was almost like, sometimes it felt like, we weren't even in the same world. We were watching, you know, we were watching it on TV, but it looked like a movie and, and, and we weren't, we weren't really living it, but yeah, it was very surreal. Especially watching what happened in Italy and reports that people were dying alone in their homes, upsetting situations and the isolation, horrible experience, no matter who yeah. you are. Um, mm. We're just coming out of winter here, which I think has yeah. made the pandemic more of a challenge it's extremely cold out mm. winter's a nice time you want to get together with people indoors now i don't think you have winter in australia <laughs> we have winter but not like you. <laughs> we don't we don't have snow <laughs> we 
so it's not. it stays warm. Then now we're we're going into spring. You're seeing the migration of birds. The tundra swans are going back up north. The snowy owls, the snow geese. Where the spring birds are starting to come in, the robins and our local marsupial population and mammal population is getting a little bit more active. I've been seeing lots of possums. I'm not sure if they're playing okay. possum, but they're laying at the side of the road. I'm worried they've been hit by cars. Also, raccoons are becoming more active now. Raccoons, I guess, are Canada's koala bear. They're about yeah. the same size <laughs> as yeah. uh, koala bear. Yeah. I'm not sure if you do you have raccoons in Australia. No, we do not. No. But you no. have koala bears. We do have koalas, yeah. So I think yeah. they're they're pretty much the same type of thing. Now, has there been any impacts on nature or observations around nature? My sense is that people are spending more time in nature, observing more in nature. Yeah. Campgrounds, the provincial parks are filling up faster because it is said to be safer to be outside. Right. It's it's actually interesting. I think when we were well into the sort of into the lockdown and we'd go out. And there was no track, there was no, because I, I live in a, a fairly sort of urban area and there was no traffic noise. There was no cars and I would walk around the streets and we've got lots of beautiful parks around me and you'd walk through the park and you could, all, all of a sudden you could hear nature again because there was there was none of that that noise of cars and vehicles and, and just even people because everyone was kind of, you got this sort of feeling that nature was going like, yeah, we're back. Now we can have some fun and, you know, we can get out and, and do what we want to do. I noticed that um, almost straight away. It was it was kind of a, yeah, it was so noticeable. It was a, a weird thing. Where did all these birds come from? And I think they'd all, always been there. We just couldn't hear them over the, over the noise of traffic and, and just living. It's interesting how one of the positives of the pandemic is that connection with nature. Mm. I know there's concern in North America that a lot of people suffer from nature deficit disorder. You know, the the sounds of everyday life covering up the sounds of nature. Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest, and there has been, sadly, there's been benefits. It's it's bizarre, but there is one of the benefits that we've had in in Western Australia is because not only was our international borders closed, our state border, we were one of the first states to close the state border, and I think Monday of this week was the first time it's been open to every other state in Australia. Before then, for the past, you know, year and I don't know, yeah, the past year at least, we haven't been able to leave. We could leave the state, but coming back was a problem. So everyone who, and we certainly couldn't leave the country. So if you like to go on vacation overseas or, you know, to other states in Australia, you couldn't do it. So everyone, they went on holiday in, in WA and got out. And I know we we went down south of the state, my girlfriend and I, and and. I took her to you know places she hadn't been to before, and we got to see. We drove. We just drove everywhere. You know, one of the places we went to was it was like a five-hour drive, and you just take it all in. And it's and it's green, and there's trees, and it's beautiful. And the local tourist industry was just they couldn't. You had to. We booked. We booked a getaway in October, 2020, so we could get away in January this year. And we got like the last hotel there and the last whatever it was. So everyone was just hanging out and seeing, you know, your own country. And I think it's just such a, it's such a good thing. It was, it was good for the economy and it was just good for people to go, well, you know, it's wonderful to go to Paris and New York and Amsterdam, but check out what we've got just here, just outside your front door. So you mentioned how your state borders were shut down and there really mm -hmm. was a, 
a, a strong lockdown or quarantine, geographic mm-hmm. lockdowns. One of the things I've been seeing on Twitter since the pandemic show started is people pointing to Australia is how mm-hmm. Canada could do better. Australia yeah. seems to have taken a much stronger approach to limiting the spread of the virus. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, yeah. here in Ontario, we're so close to the United States, we get a lot of echoes. Mm-hmm. We really feel the policies of the United States, probably how you feel the policies of China living next yeah. to a superpower. So it's been a much different approach here. I know the Canadian actor and director, Sarah Pauly, really has been t- highlighting the strengths of the Australian approach mm. to dealing with the pandemic it almost seems like there's two there's two pandemics there might even be three or four the pandemics for the upper class and then the pandemic for the the working class some yeah. people might even go further and say the pandemic for the lower class or the working poor and i think there's a lot of truth to that because it seems mm. to be where the virus is spreading in our large urban centers in the poor places where people are living in high density and forced to work and forced to take public transit to survive. Mm. Do they have paid sick leave in Australia? I know oh, that's yeah. one of the challenges that that people have been lobbying for here is if people are going to work sick because they have to, to keep a roof over their head and to feed their families. And the provincial government here is against that. What's it, what, are the, what are the labor rights like in Australia compared to Ontario? Look, they're not perfect, far from it. And unfortunately, Yes, we do have paid sick leave. You're, you're given X amount a year. I think it's 10 days a year or something. As a, that's, a, that's a basic when you can accrue it and all this sort of thing. The problem is it doesn't cover, quite often paid sick leave doesn't cover part-time workers and, and casual workers. And they're the ones that are doing the lower paid work. And they, the heavy they, lifting. They, they, yeah, they're doing the heavy lifting. They're the ones that can't afford. If they don't go to work, they don't get paid. They're the front um, yeah. line. They're our front yeah. line. They're the they're the delivery drivers. And as we got into the spring, well, March, April, May, and the social movement, Black Lives Matters, became very active with mm-hmm. the police murder of Breonna Taylor and then George Floyd being murdered while in police custody. That was one of the first things that where large groups of people started gathering here in North America outside in defiance of the lockdown for a social justice cause. And that was interesting. Yeah. Kitchener, Waterloo, I grew up in that area and you never really saw much social movement gatherings mm-hmm. of, you know, maybe more than 100 people. They had 15,000 people out wow. in the spring in solidarity. And you hear stories like that across North America. Now, I know you're involved in a very important social mm-hmm. movement in Australia. And yeah. one other one that I can think of is the the farmers in India. Apparently, mm-hmm. they've shut down the highways to the, to the national capital, and it's been an ongoing social change type of situation around farmers organizing against corporations. I, I'm not yeah. sure of all the details, but apparently it's been the biggest mass demonstration in history. Even during a time of the pandemic, there are people that are putting it all on the line to make the world a better place for the future. Can you tell us a little bit about what's been happening in Australia with the March for Justice, a very important topic? This literally came out of a single tweet from from an academic about two and a half weeks ago. There's been a lot of reports in the media about misogyny and, you know, sexual violence that's happening in our parliament. So, and in the workplace as well. But what's actually happened is there was a woman and and sadly she took her life last year. 
she was allegedly raped by the man who was our attorney general, a federal attorney general. That's the highest law officer in Australia. He's, he's currently on leave. He's denied everything and then taken three weeks off. And people were just going, this is not right. The, the government's, you know, the government is trying to cover it up. And men, women and men just turned around and said, this is not right. You can't, you, you can't sweep this one under the carpet. We won't let you do it. This movement started online, on Twitter. It, it exploded. My girlfriend's, we both have a very strong, you know, sense of social justice. She was asked to, you know, to help out. And I was just sitting there and going, you know, I'm going to be there next to you and I'll, I'll, I've got your back on this one. And there was just a, a couple of things that came up and I said, hey, I can, I can help on this. I've got the skills they needed. They needed a, a PA and they needed some sound and they wanted some speakers and microphones. And, and I just pulled apart my office and got the help of my nephew and we grabbed, grabbed a few things. It was just, we started out hoping that we get about 1,500 people because Perth's a, you know, it's a small city and we're pretty laid back and there's not a lot that gets Perth people rolled up. But this this really did. And in about two and a half weeks, we ended up with, we had 5,000 people at a rally in the city. We don't have a mask mandate. We literally do not have coronavirus in, in Western Australia. There is lucky. There is zero. Yeah, there well is zero done. cases. Well, well, so. Hard work pays off. Well done. The thing about that was, and and you kind of alluded to it, you had the first lockdown and then things, then things. It's that's I love dogs. And then you guys had the lockdown and then you opened things up again in the spring. I think what we did, well, I know what we did in Australia was like, we go into this lockdown, we're here for the long haul, we're just going to get rid of this damn thing. And that's what we did. Now you can gather in numbers to address important get, social justice issues yeah, to make yeah. sure that we come out of this pandemic stronger than ever before. Well, and, uh, I want to come out of a, a fairer world, a better place. I want us to look at what this has done and everyone to look at themselves as people and go, you know, outside of the panic buying and the silly toilet buying the toilet paper, it's sort of dumb stuff to everyone to look and go, Hey, you know, as a world, we, we did pull together individually. I think a lot of people around the world, you know, you Dave with this show, getting people together and, 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 you know, and sharing stories and, and inspiring people. And, and so that people can hear, you know, good stories and you know and some sad ones too and you know I, I really want to come out of the other side of this I want to hold those in power to account if, if they've done something wrong and, and they certainly have in this case people to come out of it going you know you know what we can if we can do this if we can pull together and do this then then we can kind of we can face any challenge so you know that's it might be a pipe dream I might just be some dumb romantic Aussie but that's that's what I want that's what I hope the pandemic has shown us that we can move mountains. We can do massive change in short periods of time. I echo, I echo your sentiments that hopefully yeah. we will come out of this a fair and more just global community. Yeah. When you talk about March for Justice, it reminds me of the murdered and missing Indigenous women here in Canada. You hear what's going on in the UK right now, where a woman was uh, sexually assaulted by a police officer yeah. and there was a support rally for that victim and then they were violently oppressed by the by the by the police it shows you that there is systemic barriers that need to be addressed mm. through the power of collective action 
the the pandemic in so many ways has been a case study in collective action. Australia, I would say, has done a more successful job of responding to the pandemic than my own jurisdiction of Ontario, Canada. And when I first saw the March for Justice on Twitter, through your Twitter account, it looked so well organized and well attended that it was something that had been going on for more than more, more than two and a half weeks. So it'll be interesting to see which where it goes. Yeah, it it really will. It, It will. And I and I'm glad it looked like that because that's it. That's what it felt like. And it was it was it was respectful. And we had quite a few Indigenous speakers because we have a problem with Indigenous death in custody here. We have a problem with Indigenous women dying and and being harassed and, and that sort of thing. So and I, we just wanted to get together and we had some very powerful speakers and and everyone. It was respectful, but it was like now we're asking for change. We're not just people, we're voters. We want to see some change. Are we going to start voting for someone else, which we do, I do anyway? I just wanted to expand a little bit. When people talk about, you know, we were told by the government we have to stay home. We did what we were supposed to do, what we had to do, and we got rid of it. We've just had an election here, a state election. It was split kind of 50-50, I guess. We've got two major parties, as most of the world does, sadly, and there's a few few minor ones. There was a lot of pushback in the conservative media about our premier who closed the borders. I mean, he closed the borders and opened up the economy. That's, that's what he did. So we've, you know, we've, we've done okay. And the proof um, in the pudding is how you're walking around without masks. Yeah. And I, we're I, in Ontario walking around masks, having to wash our hands, having yeah. to, if we cough, we got to cover it with a fart. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I do remember early on, someone would cough and I would freak out if I was at the supermarket. But so we had a, you know, we had an election and, and on, you know, there was a lot of noise in the media about, you know, this guy's gone too far and the opposition, and I, this is no, not hyperbole, they got absolutely wiped out. They got wiped. We have the, we have like the Westminster system. So you have seats. The one person with the most seats gets into, gets into government. The opposition at the time, the Conservatives opposition lost everything. I think they're struggling to get two seats when they should have, they should have about 30 or 40. The overwhelming response response from the voters was thank you you know we know you told us what to do and we were you know we were good and we did what we had to do but thank you for giving us you know no masks and the freedom and I can I can go to a gig and I can go to a it's a local gig but hey when you said I can go to a gig I almost wanted to start crying music has music has been such a support for me during the pandemic blues Mm. I've become familiar with more pandemic rockers. So you've been going to local gigs. Tell me all about it. I've, I've been to a couple. They're all the only local. You, you can't even get a touring band. And they've been, whereas before you go to a gig, it'd be kind of half full, you know, because there's a local band. There's not a big draw there. But the, the last couple that I went to, it was full house. And the energy and the vibe, I mean, the bands were happy to be playing again because let's face it, they haven't been paid for 12 months. But the people, we were just so happy that now we were back and we could do it. You could feel it. They felt completely different to before times gigs. Good time. You could you bump know. into a stranger. You could say hi to us. You could talk to a stranger. You could dance with the people you're there with. It yeah. Just like before times. It was that. And some, I met so many. I'm a kind of social guy anyway, but I met so many new people because everyone was just it was great. And I'm thinking, if this is what it's going to be, then I'm here for this. It'll, it'll kind of calm down. But the, 
everyone I think is, even though we have these freedoms, is so acutely aware that they could go at any time. Yeah. So, you know, I had a birthday on the 6th of February and we had a, and this, this might make you laugh, we had one case of, of coronavirus and they locked us down for a week. We had a total lockdown for a week and then we, we had masks and, you know, there was a lot of restrictions for the next week. And I was supposed to have a big birthday party and I invited 80 of my friends. Oh, wow. Right on that. That was going to be my big one. And so that got cancelled and we kind of, we rescheduled and made a lot, a lot smaller. It's now, it's now 25 and we're just going to have dinner. But that was, it was such a stark reminder. It can, and the, and the government's so strict on it. They're going one case. I mean, you could see it. One case is two and two is four and, and so on and so on. They shut it down and everyone put on masks and everyone did what they had to do. It can go, it it, it can go from green light to red light like that. Just like that. It's exciting uh, to hear that Australia, at least regionally, is getting to experience the roaring 20s. I got to tell you, in 2019, I was thinking, 2020's coming. It's going to be the roaring 20s. We're going to have so much fun. We're going to get out there. And then lockdown. I do feel a lot of happiness and joy for you and my other brothers and sisters in Australia who are able to gather worry-free. Do you think music will take more of a... We'll go back to kind of a regional music scene and a regional art scene and a regional economies kind of shift the move to globalization and offshoring and bringing things back in more of a regional circuit. I think about in Canada, we are at the back of the line waiting for these vaccines. We used to have a national vaccine program. It was done away with in order to support market dynamics and globalization. Mm. Now we don't have that capability and we have open economies and we've got over a thousand new cases a day in Ontario. But, you know, we're, we're, we're just having to chart our own course here. Yeah. I wonder if we'll go back to having, making sure that every country has its own production facility, at least in Western liberal democracies. Yeah. And that's been something that has really hit Australia. And there's been a lot of talk about that because uh, certainly in manufacturing and, and that sort of thing, we, we import so much stuff from overseas. And, and like most countries in the world, everything's made in China. You know, the computer I'm staring at, the microphone I'm speaking to, every, there's nothing around me that wasn't made in China. So it's been, there's been a big push to go, hey, we need to start locally manufacturing things again. And I hope, you know, that, that flows over to the arts. And certainly with music, I would love to see more regional bands and local bands and, and making more music and people, people really supporting them. And the local, I know they're building a big soundstage here in Perth for the for the movie industry and I, over on the east coast you know because Hollywood they can't do anything they're coming to um they're coming to Australia to the Gold Coast they're doing the two weeks quarantine and you know Liam Neeson's shooting movies so yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen that in the headlines that Hollywood is moving to Australia yeah and then yeah. you had a big tennis the t- the Australian Open we, tennis Australian sporting Open, event yeah. and I, I'm a big Toronto Raptors fan and a lot of our players just got taken out by the coronavirus. Most of them are back. There's still one player that's down and out with it. Sport, music, it's just so important. And I think the pandemic has really demonstrated that. Now, have you seen the hunters and collectors lately? No, I haven't. No. Okay. For, they're, I know they're a very prominent Australian band. They, they come out, they do the big shows every now and again. They don't, they don't tour regularly anymore. But although Mark Seymour, the, the lead singer, did it, in the middle of the kind of in the lockdown, they did a, a a live stream. They got a whole bunch of prominent musicians together, and they they got 
together in studios and they streamed it live around the country. It's kind of a, you know, it was a nice feel good thing. And it, and that's been one thing that's come out of it. Artists and musicians have found new ways to get their music out there and, and new ways to connect with people. And it's been really, it's been really good. Been There's really, really good. been a lot of innovation by the artist community on how to get their content out to audiences. It's come down to necessity. Uh, yeah. I was, I was the mother talking- of invention. It really is, isn't it? And, you know, you it's almost like a throwaway comment up until now, right? In, and then along comes the pandemic and then here it is. It is it is the mother invention. So, yeah, and it's been great to see different ways that they, they do. One of my favourite music venues in Toronto is the Painted Lady. And the Painted Lady has been doing online open mics on monday and you can participate from around the world in their open mic now in before times (laughs) it's fantastic in before times the you know the five times a year i'd go to toronto that's one of the places i would stop and i just it blows my mind that they're doing open mics yeah on monday virtually and how many other artists are doing virtual stuff every week that's that really got me through the early parts like my family and i would sit around the computer and watch Dana Manning perform for the active mm. seniors page in Stratford. And now yeah. we're also watching Madison Galloway perform her at home concert series in Fergus, Ontario uh, hillside festival in Guelph, Ontario. They did a virtual, they do a, a winter indoor concert and then a summer outdoor music festival. If you're ever mm. in Ontario, you should check it out. It's a fantastic production. They moved theirs online. And it was interesting watching bands performing together wearing masks except for the singers and talking to lisa humber it's she's Mm. she's illustrated through her own experience how that you know the costs are going up to produce cultural materials but they're doing it in a covid friendly pandemic safe manner where they're all getting tested ppe so it's it's interesting to see how people have been pivoting and yeah it's change change due to necessity yeah i haven't been a big fan of the streaming stuff I think uh, a lot of it because I'm I'm just kind of wrapped up in my own thing, but I really do love I do love that live experience and 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 that sort of thing. But it's been it's been great because you know these are artists. This is their craft. They a lot of these people and I know Lisa Humber's one of them. She she's a self confessed workaholic. They need to create and they need to do these things, which is fantastic because you know we all like benefit. Me, we need yeah. that too. You know we need them to do it so. Yeah, it's it's been really good, and I think we're going to see there'll be there'll be out of this is going to come different ways that they're doing things. Absolutely for sure. That I would really I would love to see a big show. And I was talking to someone about this that Melbourne in Australia is probably the only place in the world where you can see a musical theatre. How good would it be if you could just pro shoot that and and you could stream that and someone pay a subscription and you know like a Spotify thing, here's a couple of bucks and sit down and watch your favourite musical. So, you know, I, I kind of think stuff like that, you know, comes out of, out of it. My last musical was Billy Elliot at the Stratford Festival. The yeah. year before we went to see The Music Man at the Stratford Festival, I thought it was fantastic. I'm a big fan of the large number where there's everybody's on stage singing and dancing yeah. together. That's That's what really draws me. Now, my understanding is Stratford is going to try to open up under the tents. So an outdoor, open air situation. I am envious of everybody in Melbourne and your strong political leadership to Mm. get it to a place where people can 
gather indoors in a theater because I know my family, we love going to the Stratford festival for a musical yeah. every year. Yeah. And we, yeah. and we, and we missed that. We're, we missed it to think that we might be able to do something modified this year. That's exciting. Although yeah. we do kind of go with the Eric Alper approach of like, let's just stay home until this, it's safe again. I mean, I'm bubbled with them. We don't want to take cool. any chances. Yeah. Yeah. I, I already feel like the government here is open. Didn't do enough. Didn't do, hasn't done enough the whole time. So we're yep. just floundering with 30 to 40% people able to go into restaurants or, you know, capacity. Nobody's yep. ever going to yep. really make any money or have peace well, of mind and sleep no. through the night with a quarter to half open economy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what is the thinking now? We just cross our fingers, the vaccine works. And, you know, that's kind of, is that kind of the thinking at the moment or? Unfortunately, I feel like the thinking from our political leaders in Ontario is that some people are expendable. It's yeah. it's sad. It's it's sad yeah. to say that. And I mean, they never shut construction industry didn't get shut down. It seemed like some of the bigger players with, you know, financial ties, they got to play by different rules than the rest of us. Yeah, unfortunate. Yeah. But, you know, the 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 spirit, the spirit in Ontario is strong. And despite the different approaches, I think we're going to come out of this better than before and i hope we see some change at the ballot boxes here in ontario anyway yeah i mean that's we've got a we've had our state election and the result was fantastic um we've got a federal election probably next year it won't they won't call it they can, they they have they have like in three years and they can call it there's not set there's a set term but they can call it kind of any time in that in the final year so i i and and many other people are just hoping that we remember because federally they they just kind of dropped the ball on on everything and, and and thanks to the states that kept it kept the whole place going. So I'm kind of hoping that when when it comes to the ballot box next year that people remember what they did so or didn't do. And we're so fortunate. We're so fortunate to at least be heard at the ballot box. So yeah. many countries don't have that privilege. Some countries are losing that privilege. It's upsetting. I think, you know, I just want to give a big shout out to all the election workers in Australia, around the world, the United States, Canada. So many elections, important elections, Mm. necessary elections have happened during the pandemic. And those frontline workers, those poll workers, the election workers, I can't thank them enough. So big shout out to all of them. Yeah, well, we've got we're they're still counting at the moment, even though, you know, the results in but there's they're still counting a few close seats and, and, and a few other things. So yeah, those, those guys are still, they're still at it and they're just, and they're great. And I don't know about um, Ontario. They're all volunteers here. No one gets paid for it. Wow. So, you know, these guys do a really great job. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, I'm thinking if it wasn't for you guys, no democracy. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I've had a bucket list for a while and, and Canada's been on, on, on the list and I haven't quite, I've never got there yet. So, and then this happened. It's still there. It's a dream, but it might it might be a few years yet. Yeah, that, I think that's the same. We've in my bubble been talking about how we look forward to visiting your country, Australia. But I would encourage you and everyone from around the world, when it's safe, to come and check out the culture, arts, and nature. Also, the sports in Ontario, home to the world champion Toronto Raptors, uh, Toronto Blue Jays. Toronto Maple Leafs, Toronto Argonauts, Hamilton Tiger Cats, the Stratford Festival. I, I tell you what, you know, nature, art, sport, that's that's me all over. And, you know, it's one thing if someone said to me, you know, what's the worst thing about it is I can't 
we like to travel a lot and I've, as soon as you know <laughs> I think like everyone else as soon as we can we're just gonna yeah just head overseas and, and take some of it in I think when things settle down it's gonna get it's gonna get a little wild for a while yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah we might need to learn a little bit of patience at the airport again I'm looking for the forward to the day when that's I don't know what normal is going to look like, but if it's a if it's a vaccine and we're sure, you know, it hit me. Yeah, it'll just be it'll be nice to to feel as much as you know we here. I you know we do live in a bubble, but that could, that could burst at any time, and it just takes one outbreak, and 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 there we are. So we can sit here. There's still a whole world out there that I think everyone should everyone should see. Traveling really does help battle ignorance and racism. Yeah. Oh. And yes. all of all of the kind of negative characteristics of human society, I feel, can be addressed by traveling and seeing other cultures. And mm. like xenophobia can be addressed by a, a tunnel vision, thinking that there's only one way to do something. Oh, yeah. And I, it's even I more powerful. It, it's even more powerful than reading. I, it really is when you because you when you experience it and you and you experience you know other people other cultures yeah you, know, you can yeah you can read whatever you want yeah. yeah you get out and just meet people i know when everywhere we've been around the world we've met some of the most amazing people and everywhere i, I probably count on one hand the amount of rude people that i've met while traveling overseas and there's rude people everywhere but overwhelmingly it's like you go to a, another country and if you're respectful of the culture and you're respectful of the country they're going to welcome you and you're going to you're going to learn things. So Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, all, I'm all for it. Get, get out there and see it. Well, Gareth, we're very fortunate here on the Pandemic Show to have a friend in Perth, Australia, to let us know how things are sunny and people are gathering worry-free. It was wonderful talking to you on this brisk Canadian morning. Okay, right, right now I can tell you the temperature is, now if you do Celsius, it's uh, 23.4. Oh wow! Just about eight eight o'clock in the in the evening. So we're, we're about we're zero. To... We're about zero <laughs> degrees Celsius here. <laughs> we're going to we're going to thirty six tomorrow. So it'll be a it'll be a nice day. So, well, it was a pleasure and honor. Thank you so much for sharing with you. us on the Pandemic Show. Thank you, Dave. It's been an absolute pleasure and and an honor. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Pandemic Show. We're all in this together, and we're glad you're here together with us. Be a part of our community by subscribing to and sharing The Pandemic Show. Thanks for taking a minute to email an episode, share a link, or promote us on social media. Pandemic Show is on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. Stories from the pandemic for the people of the pandemic. Do you have an interesting pandemic story and want to share? Email us at pandemishow at gmail.com. Thanks to all our guests. Thanks to Giant Value for singing us in and letting us know everything is going to be all right. No one is alone at the Pandemic Show.